Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be doing this live podcast where Brittany will take over from here. If you don't remember Brittany, she was in episode four. She crushed it. Listen to it after this if you haven't. And Britt, I'll let you take it over. Hi guys, I'm so excited. Lindsay, I hope you're ready to be in the hot plate. How I'm are you feeling? I'm scared, nervous. So let's start this off the way that you always started off. Let's keep it consistent for your listeners. Let's do it. How old are you? I'm 28. Where are you from? I'm from New York City. Thank you for asking. And of course, what is your sign? I'm a Libra, which is um, end of September, beginning of October for anyone who doesn't know about astrology. So I think the first question I want to ask and I think everyone wants to hear about is how did you start We Met at Acme? And you have to tell us about the name. It's a very fair question. We Met at Acme started... um, Actually, because for a few different reasons, but the main push was a breakup, not to give credit to anyone where credit is not due, Um, but a breakup happened. And when a breakup happens, you can do one of two things. You can be sad and let it really affect you, or you can turn it into art or something beautiful. Mm. And I really wanted to do the latter. I just like, I never wanted to spend a moment of my time being upset about someone who wasn't worth my time. And I had recently been on a friend's podcast and I was like, oh, this sounds like something I'm into. So I started the podcast off thinking that it would be like, breakup healing slash getting the information out there about like how hard it is to date as a millennial in the city. Like, how did I get to the point where I was broken up with on my birthday? Like, let's backtrack and figure this out. Um, And the name came because I love this bar Acme on Lafayette and Great Jones. And um, truthfully, I couldn't get in. So I made the podcast and now I can get in. (laughs) Amazing. It's wonderful. (laughs) So... You were looking for answers here. You had this breakup. So it was sort of like a cathartic healing thing. You were also looking for answers. You know, since you started it, what what are some things that you found out? What what has sort of what have you learned? For sure. That's a great question. Honestly, I learned a lot. Um, more than I've ever learned about dating in any schooling, any college situation, because I'm having real conversations with people like yourself and other people who have real experiences dating and are honest about them. So I'm learning that, first of all, I'm not in this alone. Everyone has trouble dating. And second of all, um, I'm learning to like actually be in a relationship. Somehow I convinced someone to date me 
and we'll get to that later. And <laughs> I'm able to learn all the skills from all the interviews I've done to figure out how to do things the right way and kind of what I was doing wrong before. So just to go back to that, you know, you were talking about, um, you made a very funny joke with how you got, you got someone to date you. And you also kind of talked about for a second that, you know, you found yourself in this place where you were broken up with on your birthday. And you're like, how did this happen? Right. So like, you know, when you were dating, what, what was the hard part? Was it the finding guys? Was it keeping guys? And I, I think that you're right. Like, so you're not alone. Everyone mm-hmm. relates to this. That's why the podcast is amazing. We're all relating. Um, but I kind of do just want to talk a little bit about that. You know, yeah. what is the hard part? Is it getting the dates? Is it, you know, keeping them going? Like right. first, second, third? Is right. it keeping them in general? What, why is it so difficult? Yeah. Why is it so hard? I would say getting the dates is easy. Like anyone can really get a date. We have so many dating apps these days, so many different ways to meet people. Like Instagram is a dating app in itself. Mm-hmm. And for me, I guess it was like keeping once I, once I got them to be my boyfriend, it was like, <laughs> you know, all downhill from there. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, they weren't the right person and I overlooked tons of red flags in the Mm. beginning which we all have been guilty of 100 and um and i just kept telling myself like oh that was a joke that he said that or this or that like i remember specifically on one date i made a joke to the person i was dating at the time saying that i'm good luck chuck Mm. because like i don't know if you've ever seen this movie but basically he sleeps with someone and then they meet the love of their life and get married um as the next person and I called myself good luck Chuck and his response was, well, I hope that's not the case because I'm not ready to get married yet to the next person I meet after you. (laughs) I still continue to date him for like five months after that. So that's a red flag. (laughs) It's so funny hearing you talk about these red flags because we, that is the problem that if we get in these relationships and we just ignore it, you know, we, we, we want something so badly. There's, really there's actually so much to unpack there, but before we digress, um, let's actually talk. So, so right now you're in a relationship. Yes. So just let's talk a little bit about your current relationship. How'd you guys meet? For sure. So we met on a dating app called Hinge. I swear this isn't sponsored by Hinge. We <laughs> genuinely met there. Um, and I recommend it to everyone. It's the most like find a real partner dating app out there, I think. I had two ex-boyfriends from Hinge. Oh, love it. Yeah, I mean, they're exes, but I think the service though. They they did the boyfriend thing. Yeah, they they did it. I kept them as boyfriends. Okay, so who messaged who first on the app? It's funny, we have this conversation a lot, like it's a debate because we both deleted the app, so we can't check to see who was right. Redownload. He thinks, I know, but I feel like the combo will be gone. He, because we like deactivated. He thinks that I liked a photo of him and that's how we started talking i think that he messaged me first he's probably right right yeah um but i think it's really important when you are talking to someone on a dating app to like keep it light and airy and like chill and funny instead of like intense and like you know like i was helping my friend on a dating app the other day and she asked the guy the guy asked her like oh how are you how is your week going she was like it's good how about you and he goes terrible (laughs) and i was like that is the end of that conversation for everyone you You, know you know it's so funny because so people don't know this but Lindsay and i have been friends since college and she has always been my go-to person for all relationship dating questions i always ask her and 
the way that it's worked is that every time I've asked for her advice and I followed it, things have worked in my favor. Um, but every time that I haven't followed it, I mean, I've, I've had some work, but not always. I actually remember being on a dating app and not keeping it light and telling someone this horrible depressive story mm -hmm. and then profusely apologizing to them a thousand times. Right. And Lindsay slammed me for that so hard. So what I wanted to get into was there's so many schools of thought on this. Everyone has different opinions, you know, in terms of what's the social etiquette on the apps and how do we date, who messages who, all this stuff. When it just comes to the dating apps, do you have a cardinal rule here? I don't think so. I think that you can actually initiate on a dating app. There's no rule, which is why it's so great, especially like dating apps like Bumble where you have to initiate, for example. But I think that it's all fair game on a dating app. Like until you meet in person, like once you meet in person, as a woman at least, like, cause I'm old school, I think that you don't really need to initiate. Then you can let this guy or this girl, whoever you're interested in, take it from there. All right, so we'll go back to the dating apps in a bit. I wanna talk a little bit more about your current boyfriend, your partner. Um, so just to get down to it, do you think he's the one? Is he the one? So we've been dating for eight months, um, but I, and I'm having such a great time with him and I'm just trying to like live in this moment and not like future trip and, totally. and be like, oh my God, is he the one? When are we moving in together? When are we getting married? Where are our babies? Um, and just focus on like, is he making me happy in this moment? And are his actions speaking loudly to show that he wants to be present for me and wants to be my partner and like, who knows where that will lead us. So can you tell us, because I'm wondering, I think we're all wondering, how do you do that? How do you stay present? How do you not be like, we're getting married and we're having babies? For sure. How do you do it? It's really difficult. I feel like as women, like we're just, we're naturally like, it get, we get excited and do the whole future thought. I'm sure guys do too, honestly. They just don't. I don't know if they do. <laughs> they do, they do. Um, but I think that the way that I calm myself down is to think about the fact that marriage is, first of all, the most important decision you'll ever make. If you choose the wrong partner, like it's awful. Like mm. you're starting a family and it's not just about you anymore at yeah. that point, you know? And then I also realized that like I'm 28 and if I married someone in like four years, we'd be together hopefully for the rest of my life, right? which is such a long time, such a long time. So like, what's the rush to get to the end and then have the babies and then like, what's next, you know? And I think it's really nice to like focus on a passion and a career. And like, if you have someone at that time, amazing, mm. but just enjoy it because soon it's gonna be like, you're gonna be changing diapers in no time, you know? And that's like, in, in theory it's fun, but in practice it's tough. This is why I go to Lindsay with all my dating advice because she does think big picture. My boyfriend's sitting here and I'm like, are you proposing tonight? Is he <laughs> proposing? Um, and Lindsay always has helped bring me back down to earth a little bit. So great, amazing answer. Um, so you're in this relationship. You're not gonna have a future trip here. You're staying present. So obviously you're in love. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. Yeah. Um, and I'm just curious sort of what this love specifically looks like. You know, mm -hmm. what, is it, what does it look like for you, Lindsay Metzler, to love someone? What does it look like for you to be loved? How's this? For sure. I think picture? that it's been a lot of different things in my dating history, but right now it's really like a best friend that you are romantic with. 
Um, and it's someone who doesn't try to control you mm. and doesn't try to like gaslight you, which we've talked about a few times on the podcast. Um, meaning like doesn't, you know, try to emotionally manipulate you in any way. Mm-hmm. Simply just like exists to be there for you and to support you and gives you the freedom to be yourself. He doesn't try to change anything about you. Let's loves you enough so that if you so that you can look at yourself and say, do I want to change anything? Because this person isn't forcing me to. So mm-hmm. it honestly makes me want to do that more. It makes you want to be a better person when you're in the right relationship, I would say. Right, that freedom to grow sort of. Exactly. How does it look different than your past relationships, this one? I would say my past relationships were all like trash bags. <laughs> and like they were all kind of just like, there were so many problems with them and like red flags, as I mentioned before, but I chose to focus on like the two good things um, and nothing that I focused on would have been sustainable. Like I was like, oh, they're funny or oh, like they're mysterious or oh, they're like, you know, evasive or like elusive, like aloof, like all of those like mm. words that like sound hot, but in theory, like or you can't marry that that mysterious person because then you're going to be like, where are you? Our kids are here. (laughs) So I think it was just like, I was looking for the wrong qualities in, in a person. And I think now the qualities in my current partner align with like, they make sense for someone I could end up with. So like to go back to your question of, is he the one, I, I guess like, how can you tell? But he's definitely someone I can see myself being with long-term. Otherwise I wouldn't be in it. Right. So the, it, when do you feel like, or how does this growth happen for you? You know, it's like, it's so common for all of us, especially when we're right out of college or in our early twenties to not have that emotional maturity or awareness to know what we want. So we will ignore the red flags. We will mm-hmm. go for the mysterious guy or, you know, yeah. the aloof guy. I think that's hysterical. Like you really cannot marry the mysterious guy. You, can. you, know? like, you can. And you can't marry the aloof guy either. Um, You're like, babe, I'm in labor. Like, are you going to yeah. respond to my text? Are you responding? Actually, someone texted me. Uh, my roommate texted me. Uh, she was at the Marlton this morning doing work, and she overheard a girl on the phone with her boyfriend, and she was like, baby, like, why was your phone on silent all weekend? Oh, my God. And she texted me, and she was like, should I tell her that he's cheating? Fully. And I was like, honestly, yeah, you should, because that's insane. And yet, meanwhile, she's probably young and loves it. She's like, you know, he's so mysterious. Yeah, no, and then she awesome. ended the conversation by being like, oh, okay, because you were in the shower a lot. <laughs> it was really sad. So, so that's the question. So it's like, how do you think that that changed for you? It's like starting to go for guys with real qualities that you want long term as opposed to like those sexy in the moment qualities. Do you think that changed for you as a result of um, just age and just, you know, you sort of grew up and you were dating for for longer or is it, you know, where you're at in your life in terms of your focus on your career? You know, like what makes you have that ability to move the bullshit aside and like actually look for what you want? I honestly would not be delusional. For sure. I mean, we're all delusional at the end of the day. <laughs> I wish I could say it was age, but I really think it's the career that I've created for myself. I think that it really like weeded out some of the bad people. Like because I put myself out there so much, someone that is with me has to be able to accept that like 
I'm sitting on couches with like the bachelor having intimate conversations mm. and like we then have each other's numbers. Right. So first of all, they have to be a person who's confident with themselves. So confident. And I also think that like they have to love the fact that I put myself out there so much. Whereas before, like, it was just like, why are you always storing in your bikini? But now there's like a real reason that I put myself out there, if that makes any sense. So they, like, they either jump on the bandwagon from the beginning knowing kind of everything about me or not. Right, they're in or they're out. Exactly, and that's like important to me because my therapist used to say, that I love a guy who dips a toe in, mm. which honestly was true for a while because maybe I wasn't necessarily ready for them to do the dive. Sure. But now it's, as you said, it's it's in or out. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to come back to the therapy thing because I think that it's something that you definitely talk about a lot on the podcast and on your polls. Um, so we have to circle back to that. But I just want to ask you a quick question. So it, it seems like you've learned a lot in your 20s, through the podcast, through your relationships. Can you tell us a little bit about a past relationship where you felt like you learned a lot from? Mm. Yeah, um, I guess I guess I would say, um, I mean, so many of them, but the one, the big takeaway from like, relationships that I've really learned is that if it, I think I forgot the phrase I put, put on Instagram recently, but like, if it's so, if it's burning bright in the beginning, like if you're seeing each other a lot in the beginning, it's likely going to fade very quickly. And if it's like too much too soon, it'll be over way too soon. And that's something that I learned in many of my relationships. Like I remember when I would first start to see someone, I would be like, it's so sad for my friends that like their boyfriend only wants to see them three days a week, but like my boyfriend wants to see me every day. (laughs) And like little did I know that was because he was like going to get over me that next week. Mm. Um, And I just think like all, like if I learned anything, it's that you really slow and steady 100% wins the race. And there is no race. Um, And like, too much in the beginning just means nothing at the end is like my biggest takeaway from, I would say like all of my exes. I mean, I think that's, that's a great lesson. And that's like definitely something that's learned. Um, Cause again, it's, it's like that future trip mentality that a lot of young millennial women have when we're dating. It's mm-hmm. like, we hang out with them once, twice, and we just so badly want it every day, you know, For but sure. it's, it's true to remember that mm-hmm. um, things need to be built. Um, just to actually go back to the therapy thing. So self-care is so important. I think that our generation especially is we love therapy. We mm-hmm. want to make ourselves better. We want to learn more about ourselves. So tell us about your experience with therapy and how it sort of makes you a better partner. For sure. Honestly, therapy is something that has really changed my life in so many ways. I remember, I think it was like six Five or six years ago, my sister, um, shout out to my sister who couldn't make it tonight because she's not feeling well, but we love her. Um, She said to me, you know, I really think you would like therapy. And I was like, that's hilarious because there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfect. And (laughs) therapy is going to do nothing but like make my therapist feel bad that I'm so perfect. Um, And the reality is no one's perfect. Every single person in this room and beyond needs to see a therapist, whether they realize that or not. Um, For whatever reason they want to see a therapist or more so for the reasons that they don't, because, um, you know, while I might have thought I was perfect, I don't think there was a lot of self-awareness there. And I think 
therapy is a tool, kind of like a mirror to be able to be more self-aware and what happens as a result of self-awareness, more control over yourself and your environment, which is my goal in life is to have control over everything. And so therapy like made that very easy for me to figure out who I was, what my goals were, how to get along better with people in my life that I might've clashed with at the time and just build stronger relationships how to communicate better with my family, with my friends, um, how to be more direct because I hate confrontation, Mm. which is also something I learned as I got older. Um, But without therapy, I don't know if I would have the strong relationships that I have with my friends and family today. And it is a big form of self-care. There was a point in my life where I had two therapists, happily. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, now I only have one. Um, (laughs) But... I, you know, every time I leave there, it's like, it's just like a release. Yeah. Were you ever single and dating in therapy? Yes, definitely. I think I, I dated throughout all of my therapy. Did that help? Like being in therapy? Because dating is different than like being in a relationship. It's It's hard. Yeah. I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't say to go to therapy for dating, but I would say that, you know, well, unless you're really, really like struggling. But um, depending on what you bring up in therapy, because it's really you're the only person bringing everything to the table there. um, And that's why it's so important to not leave anything out. Mm. Um, But I think you definitely get a lot of like aha moments while you hear yourself talk. Like you're like, yeah, I know the date went so well. It was so great. Like I'm so confused as to why he didn't get my number because like all I did was like, vomit and at the end you right, know like, right. like you hear and then you're like oh that's why he didn't get my number you know what i mean it's like you you're when you're honest with yourself and you speak out loud candidly and you're not worried about like a friend judging or a family member judging you actually hear your own responses like your own answers you know wow so now that we've picked your brain on the very intimate details of your personal relationship and your mental health and therapy Um, I will just ask some fun questions. So I'm just going to do some fun dating questions here. One question for you. Do you believe in open relationships? That is a really great question. We had a woman named Alexandra Fine who, um, who started a company. Come, I'm not going to say it because we're in a similar company space. (laughs) Um, come on. And she actually has an open relationship with her now husband. Um, at the time they were engaged. And I was so fascinated by it. I honestly, I still am fascinated by it. And I think truthfully, the only way that, and maybe this is old fashioned of me, maybe this is sexist, but I really think the only way an open relationship works is if it's the woman's idea. Mm. Don't kill me for this. I agree. But I, it just sounds like douchey if the guy says it, you know? It's like, I want to just like date multiple women. But if the girl says it, it somehow comes off as more open-minded. However, for me personally, I don't think that's something I'm interested in uh, because I, reverting back to, I'm super old fashioned when it comes to relationships. And I don't even have like the time to probably give my partner the attention that he deserves all the time. So how would I have the time to give two partners that? It's just like, right. it's a lot, you know? That's more like date, like like bringing a third, like a throuple, you know? But, but, but would, like in terms of an open relationship, like would you be comfortable with your boyfriend or husband going out on a Friday night, meeting someone, doing it with them, or you doing the same? Definitely not. Um, Hard enough. However, I really do respect people that can do that. I just, 
I just don't think it's for me. It's not, um, I'd rather like, you know, fantasize about it as opposed to it actually happening. If it actually happened, I'm probably out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so you're old fashioned when it comes to dating. Are you old fashioned in the sense where is religion important to you? Would you make someone convert for you? I would never uh, make someone convert for me, but if they want to, since being a Jew is awesome, um, then they definitely can. I feel as if if someone asked me to convert for them, then that's like not really, really love to me for some reason, because going back to like the person you're, you end up with shouldn't try to control you in any way, shouldn't try to change you drastically. I think that if they had an interest in a certain religion or if I had an interest in a certain religion, we can explore that, but I would never just be like, if you don't convert, it's over. I think that's very black and white. And we live in, you know, 2018, could be 2019 when this comes out. And it's like, it's so modern. There's just, it's insane to have to marry under the same religion. It's like crazy to me. I mean, mm -hmm. tons of my friends growing up were half Christian, half Jewish, or half Muslim, half Christian, vice versa, any, any of those combinations. And that was like, you know, baby boomer generation. So why now sure. is it any different? If not, I feel like more progressive. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think, I don't think religion is, is that important. Plus my sister married a Jew, so I'm good, I feel like. Right, someone yeah. already did it for you in the family. Mm -hmm. Okay, best first date. That I've ever been on? Ever. Ooh, um, I'm gonna be cheesy and say it was the first date with my current boyfriend. Um, and it honestly kind of was, uh, I'm like, I'm, when they find, when I meet someone either through a friend or on an app, they almost immediately find out that I have a food Instagram, mm -hmm. um, shout out to don't expect salads. So then they're like, Oh, well then you probably know the places. Like, I don't want to mess it up. You choose. And then I'm like, great. I'm in control from the beginning. <laughs> um, and I usually choose a place. And so that's what I did with my current boyfriend and um, we go to this place called Mimi in the West Village and um, it's like a little French restaurant and I get there and he, it was so funny because I thought I was so cool choosing this little trendy place. I get there and he knew the owner, like Helen knows the owner. Helen knows. He went to <laughs> Lycée, this French school back in the day with the owner. So he was like all hooked up, food, free food was being sent out. It was like he was in his zone and he totally like flipped me on my head because I thought that I was in control. Right. But it was like sexy. Um, and he was ordering in French and I was just like really taken aback by the whole thing. <laughs> um, and then he walked me home and we had a kiss. So like it was a very classic, really nice date. Wow. That's yeah. I, because I know him. That's so impressive and fun. Yeah. Shocking. It was shocking. Worst first date. I went on a date actually in Williamsburg with a guy who my friend set me up with. He was, so I'm 5'7", he was like 5'4". Um, so height matters. Height doesn't matter if like you're very confident, which he wasn't unfortunately. Um, we get to the date and we're sitting there and I start like talk, trying to talk to him, asking questions. Mid-date, he's like, what is this, an interview? But he literally hadn't spoken. If I hadn't asked him questions, there would be no conversation. Is it a date, not an interview? Right? Yeah. So yeah. So then he just starts talking about his time at Burning Man and like how fucked up he got and all this stuff. And like, I went to the bathroom looking for one of those like 
trap things that you could get out of a date. You know how they sometimes have those at bars? You tell the bartender, like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I didn't find one, so I had my roommate call me and pretend she was sick. Something bad and, happened. And something very bad. <laughs> and so she called me and pretended she was sick and he still didn't get it. And he was like, well, I hope she's okay. Like, anyway. <laughs> and I was like, no, you don't understand. She's really sick. I need to leave now. And for some reason, he thought that de- that date went so well. And he texted <laughs> me for like the next six months after, which was really shocking. Um, it, but it was it was painful to be on that date. So that was the worst. And knowing Lindsay, she kept responding to him because she felt bad. I did. Didn't want I, to did. I was like, yeah, no, I'm busy tonight. Like maybe another night. You were busy months. for six months. Yeah, for six months. <laughs> Amazing. Um, sex on the first date. Will you do it? Do you have it? You know, I've never done it, um, as my parents would love to know. <laughs> and um, and I really don't believe in it. I don't like. I'm not like slut shaming or shaming anyone who does do it. Um, you know, I think it's very possible that a relationship can form after that happens. But I think that guys are simple. You know, they really there's not that much to them. at the end of the day and they really need to be manipulated in a way that they don't realize they're being manipulated meaning if you don't show them your personality first they have nothing to hold on to after you've given them the sex you know so yeah that's amazing i i I could not agree with you more about the manipulation thank you and how there's just not much to men um So I was a big believer in the non-sex on the first date thing. I used to make guys wait like literally 10 dates Mm -hmm. and then we'd have sex and they'd ghost me. Um, (laughs) I don't know if any of you guys have been there. Um, But my current boyfriend, we had sex on the first date and I think it's working. How did that happen? What do you think the exception to the rules are? I think that for lack of a better way to say this, you were pretty magical down there. And... um, you really hooked him in yeah. and uh, he saw the light and there was no turning back. You you have some some wizardry down there that hopefully you can share with, with all of us. Um, slide into Brit's DMs after for her tactics. Sure. But, um, I, you know, I think that you guys are a rare and beautiful situation. I also think that um, your boyfriend knew a bit about your personality before that had happened because we had shared time together, all of us at a wedding. We had been in a dinner before. Clearly there was something about you that he was already attracted to. So he had something to hold on to there. It wasn't like you were a random off a dating app. Right, that is Um, different. And when you do meet as literally the first time in person off a dating app yeah. there is nothing there is no like looking at you from afar at a yeah. dinner once being at a wedding together there's none of that because that's all like first dates kind of like that's like exactly. true yeah exactly okay. so like you have to give them something as we said to hold on to and like they they need to like have already kind of fallen in with your personality before right so um another question just to bounce off of that yeah. what about one night stands one night stands are actually also not my thing, um, just because they always come back for more. Um, no, no, really, um, because I just like I I can't really get there with someone unless I have like the emotional connection to them. I'm like a girl in that way, um, or like you know whatever an emotional person in that way. Um, but I think that listen, like everyone needs to get laid, and if you want to have a one night stand and that's something you decided 
then you should do it. Right, sex positive. Yeah, but however, I think it's just easier to have like a friend that you can have sex with instead. Yeah, we should definitely talk more about that in a sec. How do you get ready for your dates? Well, you're you're in a relationship now, but when you were hitting the town and dating, what was the for sure. routine? So any date that I like went nine like to the nines with getting ready, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It was only the dates where I like threw on the t-shirt and like maybe some earrings and like barely any makeup and sneakers that like became boyfriends. Um, which I think just goes to show that like guys can tell when you're trying too hard. Yeah. And girls can tell too, I'm sure. Um and so just like, I, I would say like, act like you're going out with a friend and then like take it from there. And then like, what a surprise that on the second date, you're like absolutely stunning. Totally. You know? That's like when you go buy the new shirt, get a blowout, get your makeup exactly. done. Yeah. But like to show up and just like be yourself and them like you, I think says a lot more. Yeah. You also really know what's going to happen there. I feel like. Yeah. If I feel like you were all casual and they're still into it. Then right. Exactly. You showed them your personality. Mm-hmm. So you do a lot of polls on your on the Instagram. You ask a lot of different polls. dating questions. So have you asked a question to your listeners? Have you asked any of your listeners questions about dating that you were shocked to see the consensus on? Yes, actually. Um, I just talked about this on my friend Taylor's podcast. It's called TK's Juicy Pod if you want to check it out. Um, we went over the original questions that I have like as a highlight to my profile And one of them I asked, in the relationship, there's always one person who's better looking and one person who has the better personality. (laughs) And I asked, what would you rather be? The person who's better looking or the person who has the better personality? And I'm pretty sure it was like 68% would rather be better looking, which is tragic in my opinion. Mm. Like who cares how you look? If your personality sucks, you're gonna get ditched 10 out of 10 times. Um, So for me, I'd rather have the better personality all of the time. Um, I'm fine with anyone being like, oh, why is he dating her? Um, And then meeting me and being like, oh, why is she dating him? You know what I mean? As opposed to them just being like, well, she's hot, but like, I don't want to sit with her for more than a minute. Can you like, can you save me, you know? Um, And so I think just having the personality is, is the winner in the relationship, but I guess not everyone agreed. I guess I don't agree, actually. I'd rather be better looking because then you have it all. You're better looking, so you have options, and you also have, like, a partner who's, like, funny. But do you you have options, though? Um, I guess temporary options. Right. Because there's always, like, it doesn't matter how... like, they know that you don't have the personality, you know? There's always someone that, like, people are tired of. Okay, so we had a debate. We had a debate. We had the debate. Oh, so Lindsay and I had a debate today. She made me save it, actually, for when we were here. So... Lindsay said to remind her, we're going to talk about when and how do you define the relationship? Everyone always asks me this on DM, like, you know, we've been dating for two months. When do I say, like, what are we? It was actually my dad that told me this, like, so many years ago. He was like, never ask a guy to have the talk. (laughs) Um, It's just, like, a bad vibe. Um, And I didn't really get it because I was literally, like, four when he told me. (laughs) But... (laughs) As I got older, it made a lot more sense. Um, The best relationships that I've been in, including my current one, have really happened naturally. Um, I remember a guy I was dating in the past wouldn't define the relationship. We were like two months in, friends were seeing him on Tinder. It was like horrible. Um, But obviously ignoring the red flags, I was like, you know what? I need to define this like immediately. So my way of doing that was being like, 
So this guy asked me out, should I go out with him? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great tactic. You would think so. You would think so. But then that just like pushed him into like forcing him to say his feelings that maybe he wasn't ready to say yet. Feeling pressured, feeling like I was, you know, trying to make him jealous, which I was absolutely doing. Yeah. And, um, it just didn't work out in my favor. I remember he was like, what, why would you go out with him? Like we're dating. And then I was like, oh, okay, he's my boyfriend. But like, that wasn't what was happening. He just was like, don't do that, that's rude, you know? Wow. Um, so no matter what way I went about it, trying to define a relationship, it always like blew up in my face. And I remember there was a guy at BU who once tried to define it with me, a younger guy, I'll tell you. I'll remind okay, you I think I have an idea. And um, he asked me, what are we? And I actually liked him before he said that, like genuinely thought about making something serious. And the second he asked, what are we? I was like, we're done is what we are. <laughs> um, and it, like, it was like a natural reaction because nobody wants to be cornered. You really want it to happen naturally. If it's the right thing, you'll know that they don't have time to talk to someone else because they're always texting you, FaceTiming you, you're dating not too many times a week, but like two, three times at first. So your boyfriend now, is he like, are we just assuming he's your boyfriend because you never define the relationship? Oh no, so what I guess I mean by that is the relationship defining conversation comes up naturally. So for example, right. let's say you and your the person you're dating are at a party and someone's like, is that your, is this your girlfriend? You know, okay. that's a natural way. And right. then they're like, and then they're like, um, yeah. And then they're looking to you to be like, yes. And then you're like, yes. And then you have the conversation as you leave the party. Oh, we're so excited. We're girlfriend and boyfriend now. Um, <laughs> the way that it happened for me was actually pretty funny. I asked someone like I, I do these like polls, as you mentioned, and someone asked me, um, where did you meet your boyfriend? And I was like laughing because at that point he wasn't my boyfriend. Um, I might've like storied him once or said that I was seeing someone, but he wasn't my boyfriend. And um, I sent him a screenshot and it was one of those like, ask me a question thing. So there were multiple different questions on the screen and how did you meet your boyfriend was one of them. Very so smart. I, I sent that to him, but I wasn't really thinking sure. about that swear right. because if I was, it wouldn't have happened for me. Right. Um, and so I sent him that and then, um, he was like laughing at the main thing I, I was focused, wanted him to focus on. And then he said, tell her we met at a party. Wow. And I didn't understand what was happening. Like I, cause like that would have been too good to be true for me. So I was like, okay, cool, like blah, blah, blah. And then later that night he goes, you didn't understand what I was saying to you before. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I wasn't answering the question you sent me. I was answering the one above it that said, how did you meet your boyfriend? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Oh, and then I was like, so are you my boyfriend? Yeah. And he was like, yes, like if you'll be my girlfriend. And I was like, oh my God, so cute. So I think that like that does happen in either that way or the introduction way or like a mom on the phone being like, so is she your girlfriend yet? You know, yeah, like, you're like whatever yeah. it is. Exactly. Like that's the cute way, I think. So when Lindsay and I were talking about it earlier, she said, remind me later to talk about how do you define the relationship? And then she said, spoiler alert, you can't. You don't. And I said, I completely disagree. I've literally defined every relationship I have. So I just want to give a good piece of advice because I think it worked and I think it's good for people to hear. 
we went to the party, the party you talked about, the mm-hmm. holiday party. Sure. And it was, um, how did you meet your whatever? And we both stayed silent. Mm. So if this happens to you and you're devastated like I was, you can do this later, which worked. And I've actually done it on multiple men and it's worked every time. Um, you say, <laughs> so sorry, babe. You say, you know, I think I like you enough to call you my boyfriend. Cause oh. this way like, they're like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? You think you mm-hmm. like me enough? Like, to, and sure. they're just like, they want to like get in there. There's an alpha male thing that like activates, and they're like, yeah, I do too. Same. And you're like, got got you. You're in now for sure. And it doesn't work with you can't. It doesn't work with like I think I like you enough for you to be my husband. For sure. Um, <laughs> so don't try that one. That's a good tip. Yeah. I I don't a hundred percent. So, okay, that's not true. I agree if you already know that they're not seeing anyone else, yeah. which I feel like you knew at that point. Knew from stalking intensely. Which is totally fine if you need to stalk to know, however you need to find out. I think that there needs to be a safe place where you know for sure that there's not, that they're not still seeing other girls. If you're not sure about that, do not tell them you think you like them enough to be your boyfriend. So that's actually a good question. How do we, like... In those early couple months, how do we find out? How do we how do we know we stop that there's like not someone else? Yeah. I think that there's some like some pretty obvious signs. Like they'll drop that they were like talking about you in a conversation with their friends, or like their friends will say, like, you know, it's really clear that blah 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 like really likes you, you know, he talks about you a lot, or he'll like he, he will drop hints without without realizing he did. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have done it, you know? Totally. Um, it's just like the writing's on the wall or it isn't. And if you have to be like, is it, is it, is it? Then it's right. not. I love that a theory and that idea that like the right one, like you're not going to be asking so many questions with the right yeah, one. Yeah, you're not going to be overanalyzing your conversation with them. Right. You're not going to be like, why hasn't he texted me in a day? Every day he's going to consistently reach out because he cares about you and he wants it to be something. Totally. You know? And obviously, but I think they've been exposed already at this point, but obviously that doesn't count for like psychotic fuckboys who will make you feel like you're in it, you know? Yeah. Which I'm sure like a lot of people can relate to. Because mm-hmm. that's confusing, you know? Then you're like, because yeah, they hide the signs. So confusing. There have been guys that I've experienced that I'm sure you've experienced yeah. and everyone else or girls that, you know, that text you every day and then you're like, wait, so what? And they're like, no, what? Like, yeah. I don't know what made you think that I wanted anything. I just texted you every day and called you and FaceTimed you and liked all and your Instagrams. my mom, yeah. And told my parents about you, but what in that process made you think <laughs> we were gonna be anything? And you have to be aware of those. Yeah. I mean, they could get you to a point where you're pretty serious with them, going on a trip with them to LA, and then finding them on Tinder, like you don't know, yes. you know? So you just have to keep your eyes out. And if there's even the slightest type of like, maybe they're a snake, they're a snake, you know? Yeah, you also have to make a fake Instagram account that you can stalk them on and test them on in DM. And see who <laughs> likes all of their photos. Like yeah. every single one go into the likes. If it's like girls yeah. who, you know, pop up on their phone who aren't friends. Yep. You should wait outside their house at night and see if they're going back with people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When they're not looking and their phone is available, um, check their messages. Send a location to yourself of them. <laughs> Share their location. This is what Lindsay and I do. No, I'm just kidding. But I actually have a friend who does that. 
um, who like is hooking up casually with someone and she she shared the location and he has no idea still. Oh my God. And she always is like, it's so funny he told me he was coming over, but like he's uptown. Um, so it's good, but it's also probably knowing too much. Right, I'm yeah. doing that when I get home. <laughs> um, just kidding. Oh, let's talk about the next day text. The next day text. Oh, well actually this is so funny. Lindsay wants to talk about next day text and Lindsay has helped me so much with this because after I would go on a date, I would text them after the date. Thank you so much. I would text them that night. Thank you. And I would text them the next day. Thank you. And Lindsay would be like, stop fucking thanking them. Like stop. you're dating them. That is enough. Mm -hmm. Three weeks later, thank you again. I'd send a gift basket. Everything. Okay. <laughs> thank you in every form. I was just like, thank you. So let's talk about next day text. Who does it? Who doesn't? Lindsay has the well, right advice on this. So I'm going to make this as heteronormative as I can. The person who, who didn't pay, right? Who didn't pay. So if you get paid for, that's usually considered a date, right? <laughs> um, on the date, after the person pays, you say thank you, right? I mean, has anyone not thanked someone in that moment? No. Because if you haven't, then you definitely need to send a text the next day. But if you have, because you're a normal person who was raised by humans, um, you, in the moment, say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You do the fake reach, whatever it needs to be. And you say, oh my God, thank you so much. I had no idea you were taking care of this. Oh my God. Um, thank you so much. And then you don't say another word. Wow. And the reason is because you have no idea if they are actually interested in you, if you are taking annoying, honestly desperate time to thank them again the next day because then they have to answer you. Right. That's how you get into a fuckboy situation. Then you're talking every day for two months and then they're- Because you're thanking them every day for because two Because every day you thank them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and every date you thank them. But yeah. the only real reason to know if someone's interested in you is if you normally thanked them on that date and then you see if you get a text the next day on their own free will right. because they were thinking about you and had a good time, you know? It's very true. And again, it requires so much self-control to not because you're just like, please text me and yeah. so let me just make it easy for you. Right, but making it easy for them is, I mean, you said it best, like, you being on the date with them is their thank you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you probably walked home with them. Maybe you gave them a nice kiss. That was a thank you as well. You know, I edited that because what you really said to me was you're fucking them. That's thank you enough. Yeah. And that's also true. So yeah. you know this with your parents, but it's true. It's like, no, you it's true. Continue to think. You don't thank someone. You gave them a kiss. You gave them your whatever. private parts, whatever it is. That is thank you enough. It's sort of like, I think a big theme of a lot of this is like, especially when you're talking in the beginning to you should circle back to the beginning of like, not ignoring the red flags and knowing your worth and you know, not sending these thank yous. I think a theme here is just knowing your worth mm. and not needing to be sort of insecure, you know? And it goes back to that middle point that we talked about. It's like the bottom line is we can follow all these rules and do all these things, but they're either, you have to know your worth and they're either in or they're out. Absolutely. And that's it. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Apparently we only have about five minutes, so are there any wrap-up questions that you were thinking about? Um, I would love to talk a little bit about just the logistics of being a podcaster. So just sure. doing this podcast, what's like, what's the hardest part of doing a podcast? The hardest part of doing a podcast for the way that I do it um, is answering everyone's DMs because all I want to do in life is help people, but I get so many DMs, and by the way, I'm not complaining, do not stop, 
Um, but I just really want to make sure I get to every single person. And sometimes it's a time sensitive situation and I don't know. Right. Like someone's like, I'm going on a date in two hours. He hasn't texted me. Should I text him? And then I get back to them the next day because I'm like at an event like this. And I'm like, well, what happened? Like, did you go out with him? He should have texted you by then. And I get so invested. And, you know, most of the time they do the right thing. I think she didn't go out with him, which was really good. But I would say it's just maintenance and making sure people know that I care and like keeping in touch with the people who want my advice, which is like why I started it in the first place, really. Um, are you surprised with all the inbounds that you get with the amount of... I am. I am so surprised. Like every day I'm, I'm shocked. Um, and then, but it's like, it's like, why am I surprised at this point? Because I'm asking like such provoking questions that sometimes people are like, they've got opinions, right. you know? So I shouldn't be surprised. It's, I should be like, happy that people are sharing them you know speaking of opinions and like your you know your desire to help people what happens when you're doing the podcast and you have a guest on the podcast who is saying things that you don't agree with you don't support you like don't want your listeners to right. hear so what do you do well that actually happened on episode 20 with a comedian he was saying a bit like misogynistic things about women and that like you know we're all from long island and went to camp and like it was just like, it was like a, a bit or something, but it wasn't like, it wasn't who my listeners are. Like my listeners are all really different and unique mm. women who are like independent. And I had to like defend, defend everyone really. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, if someone is saying a lot of things that I don't agree with, I tell them that the sound was bad and unfortunately <laughs> we can't air the episode. Amazing. <laughs> really good. You told me yeah. that for our second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I know. Nice. Um, I'm glad the first time was good. I think that's a great tactic. Yeah. So where do you see the future of We Met at Acme going? That's a great question. Um, I would love We Met at Acme and like myself as a person to be, to continue to be a source of like help and guidance for millennial dating and millennial daters. Um, and I would love to do kind of like a Dear Abby column and kind of figure out a way to get all these DMs like answered in a better manner in one place. I sometimes have groups of girls, whether they're like a group from a sorority or just a group of friends um, that want me to talk to them as a group. Mm. So I would love to like make that an even bigger thing, maybe talk to like whole sororities, um, maybe colleges, maybe just people who don't have the best advice being given to them. Not everyone has an older sister or, you know, a parent who's who knows the, what's up to guide them yeah. or a friend who's honest with them. Yeah. So I want to be that person to as many people as I can be because like sometimes they're just not that into you, you know? Kind of reminds me of that show. Do you remember that show when we were younger, Talk Sex with Sue? No. <laughs> it's, it's like Talk Love with Lance. I don't think I was you know? allowed to watch that show. It was an interesting yeah. one. Um, well, thank you so much for finally answering all of our questions. Yeah. So do you have a quote that you want to leave your listeners with that you love? For sure. Um, thank you for asking. Yeah. We. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming up with that on your own. Yeah. Um, a quote that I like to think that I made up, but I think I heard on an airplane. Um, is you have to put on your life vest before you put on the person next to you. Um, and I know this sounds silly, but the reality is if you're not good um, and taken care of, you can't take care of another person. 
So it really goes back to self-care. Like no one wants to be in a relationship with someone who isn't, you know, working on themselves and doesn't bring anything to the table. And you can only do that if you take care of yourself first. So whether your self-care looks like getting a foot massage at the, you know, the random place in Chinatown or going to a movie alone, um, which I did last night, which was amazing. Um, I think it's really important to show that like you love yourself and, and take care of yourself first. And that's the real way to find someone who's good for you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Your listeners love you. I love you. I love you. And too. this has been so fun. Yay. Yay. Thanks, guys.